I made a comment as as many times I do. I make comments on other posts that fucking blow up. <laughs> And I am so proud of this this morning. I woke up to we this. We should just follow you for our smoking posts, our soap smoking socials uh, segment. Right, yeah. I should just talk. What did D say this week what, on what post? What comment did she <laughs> drop that made everybody go crazy? So... What's up, what's up, what's up? We're back. I'm Sunny D. And I'm Captain J. And, and we're, we're the Pot Smoking Moms. Hey, if you're here and you enjoy our show, please do us a solid and rate, subscribe, share all of our, or share one of our channels. Share our shit. Anything. <laughs> and be friends with us on all our social media platforms. platforms. Potsmokingmoms.com is our website. All of the socials is there kind of i'm kind of over social media right now oh my so God, I, <laughs> I know maybe we'll talk about that a little later but you can catch us there uh we are definitely smoking hopefully you at home have something to smoke yeah so if you got it light it up join us with a little yeah, sesh because yeah. i know i'm ready to sesh we didn't we just did an interview before this and the whole time i was like I want to sesh, but I'm really enthralled into this oh, con yeah. conversation. We had a really right good interview coming up. <laughs> that will be on a future episode. Yeah. But um, I'm actually smoking some Cap Junkie, which is a new Cresco brand strain from Sunnyside. Nice. Um, I found the name interesting because isn't like no cap like a yeah, thing? No like cap. no like, cap means like they lie or something, or they're yeah, not. Yeah, no cap means like no cap. Like I'm being honest, I'm being truthful. No so cap. cap junkie, what am I like? Is this a compulsive liar? I don't know. <laughs> that is a really weird twist on the slang. Maybe smoke a couple of those and then Let's think see if about I it. I'm a compulsive liar. <laughs> I'm also um, smoking Cresco flower from Sunnyside as well. I got a little bit of red pop. It was suggested by, by our friends at Sunnyside. No, by our friends, social oh, media yeah, that's friends. Right. That's right. From Sunnyside. So um, if you got some, I have it packed in my little bowl. I brought my bowl today. Here we go. Cheers. I rolled the J. Cheers. Ding. I've been staying away from the bongs lately because I've been coughing a lot. I know smoking paper is not pro probably not good, but since you're taking smaller hits, it's not making me like cough up too much. You know, even if I take a small hit off the bong, I find myself like. <laughs> nice. Have you seen that on TikTok? The mulein, mulein, mulein. It's like an herb, or like you can make a tea of it, and it helps you clear your lungs of all like. If you're a smoker, it helps with that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I saw a, that on TikTok. What is it? A tea? Like you can make a tea with it, oh. but there's like extracts that you can take also. Mullion, I think it's called. I've been enjoying this strain. The buds look really good. It smells really good. This one tastes a little less, but like I'm not a fan of like a grassy taste. Yeah, I have like I, there's another strain that i have that i wanted to give mad props to i smoked it all uh it's a sativa though so i was kind of like i did i bought it because it was like oreo blizzard i was like oh i love oreo blizzard i love the sound of that that sounds amazing 
and it smells good. It smokes great. It's a sativa, but it's nice. I didn't really, you know, I used it during the day because I was like, let me just keep it during the day. And it was fantastic as well. I mean, we've kind of learned that sativa indica right, has kind of lost its meaning. Yeah. What I liked about the, the dispensary I visited in Brooklyn is that all their strains had the terpenes listed on the, the, the Yeah, things. we always talk about that. Uh, there's only a few dispensaries that have it on their jars, like Rise does it. Um, but they had it terpenes. like on the menu so you could see. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I think that I think they're including that a little more and more now because I have seen it a little more. Mm -hmm. But that is a great thing to also include. Yeah, we'll be we will be talking about that later. Right. Terps. I think a little bit with with yeah. Andrea. She talks about putting into her chocolate and stuff like that. Um. Oh, and then in the article that we're reading, it, it talks about full spectrum compared to. Right. You know, just high THC. Yeah. But um, we have the Halloween butt crawl coming up. Yeah, guys. Tickets are still on sale. If you haven't gotten yours yet, super low, low price of $7.10 still. If you went to the website and it was not giving you the option to buy a ticket, uh, we fixed that. There was the wrong date put in for the ending of the sales. So sales are open. You can get your ticket. Come on the butt crawl with us. Wear your Halloween costume. Let's celebrate Halloween. Smoke some weed. Yes. I've been throwing some Halloween costume ideas back and forth. Yeah. So I don't know. If you guys have any suggestions, <laughs> let us know. But we have a couple of ideas in Or mind. tell us what you're going to be for Halloween. Yeah. I love hearing other people's ideas. Or shizzle. Speaking of Halloween, I think I'm not going to do my annual Halloween party this year. And I'm really bummed about it. Yeah. Halloween I mean, is like serious business around here. Yeah. And it's like my happy time. You know, I, I get most excited about doing it. And plus, like, I don't get to see our friends that often. So doing the Halloween party is always in a way where together. I see friends that I don't see all year, but they'll come to the Halloween party. Yeah. You know? So I'm kind of really bummed, but like we're on a budget constraint. So, oh, I feel you. Yeah. yeah things I are expensive. Feel. And I have Julian's turning 10 this month also. So I need to do something oh, for him. Yeah. So that has to take priority. Yeah, it it's his precedence. 10th birthday. It's like know, the big, big one. Oh, you know, yeah. two digits, two whole feet. Like, how hands. are you feeling? I can't believe he's turning 10. I know. I can't big. believe it's been that long. Like, I can't believe. And I told him he could get a phone at 10. And I'm starting to regret oh, that. Oh, no. <laughs> He's been asking for years. Hey, bro, my six-year-old's asking. She's like, when I turn this, and I'm like, yeah, man, please hold it. Hold what on. age did you tell her? Have you given her an age? I think she said like, I think she said 15 after. Oh, that's like, good. Yeah, There's yeah. no way she's going to wait till 15. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like at a certain point, you want them to have it just so you can easily right. contact them exactly. and track where they are. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. You just don't want them to get distracted by it so early because God knows I'm distracted by it constantly. Just because he's getting a phone doesn't mean I'm going to allow him to have social media or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I would say, yeah, that's you could restrict a big all that. time. No one, yeah, and I would even suggest they go on there. No, no social media. Too young for social yeah. media. Way too young. I mean... The most social media he has is that he watches YouTube. Right. And he has his Discord server with his friends, which I'm always going in there to make sure he's not joining any servers he shouldn't be in and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We, we monitor it. But yeah, he's literally on Discord all the time with his friends. Sometimes I got to be careful. Like, are you like, because he'll like just have them recording, there. Like on the video? They're, they may not have their video on, but they're in the voice channel. 
so they could hear each other. Okay. And so sometimes I'll walk in his room and tell him something and I don't realize oh, yeah. he has his friends there. So I could be like, because we were going to watch, we watched last night, um, the new ha Haunted Mansion movie. Oh, how was that? It was really cute. We really enjoyed it. It had yeah. a great cast. There's so many good actors well, wait, in well, it. Hey, I got Disney Plus for a couple of things. I got Disney Plus again for that, for that movie, because uh -huh. I saw Lakeith Stanfield and Rosario Dawson doing a bunch of promos for yeah. it. They're both Eddie. Yeah. And I've always wanted them to reimagine because I was like, the last Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy was like, I, I didn't mean, see it. It was entertaining, but it's not, it was not a, nah. they could, they could do better. When I saw this guy was in it, Lakeith Stanfield, I was like, oh, okay. yeah, I love that guy. So um, we got it for that. And then Loki started. Did you start seeing I haven't that? started watching Loki yet. It just came back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I want to watch the first season again just to watch it again. I feel like so I need good. to do that because it's been so long and oh. I remember loving it, but I don't remember everything. They happened. do a recap, which helps. Yeah. But I really would love to rewatch that because it's so good. Yeah. And I'm it's not fantastic. like a big Marvel person or anything, no. but I thought that show was so yeah, cool. Was fantastic. And the, and the, and it's witty. It's pretty cheeky. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. But speaking of that actor, you're, you know, actor's names, the guy you just Lucky said. Lucky Stanfield. Yes. He's in that show Changeling. The Changeling. Oh, yeah. He well, that show sounds really. That's the one with Julia Lewis and uh, all of those people. No, Julia Lewis is not in it. Oh. Okay, I'm I thinking don't even about the know other one with the other Christina actors. Ricci one. That's no. the other one you guys are watching. Are no, you that watching? was that was Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets. No, this is a new show that just came out on Apple TV. The season finale is about to come out. It's like a mind fuck though because like this last episode. Oh, that we I think watched, I saw it's on Apple TV. I think I saw a trailer for it. It's like kind of scary. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little scary. She looks cool. Ow! You just burn yourself with your <laughs> eloquently rolled J. We were listen, you guys. Prior to recording, Jay's been rolling a lot of J's and she rolled such a nice J that I had to stop our conversation and like admire it. And it was pretty beautiful. It burned you now because you, you gave it its own mind. No, because I was, I don't know what I wasn't yeah, paying attention. Yeah. Well, anyways, we got this plus. I'm going to watch that movie. Uh, this weekend, this past weekend, I hit up Sunnyside to, and I uh, went with one of our friends, my neighbor, Jenny. It was great. It was awesome. The whole experience was great. Everybody there was super nice. They had some bomb ass prices and they hooked us up with some codes for some and more discounts. Nice. And so, uh, you know, we pretty much went over there and haul like we got a weed haul. I'm not going to show you guys because, like, whatever. I'm going to do that. It's gone. Almost all of it's gone anyways. <laughs> Most of it's smoked. <laughs> yeah, but it was great up until my car didn't start, which, girl, Sunday <sighs> Sunday started off so fantastic and ended off so terrible. So how'd you get home? So as soon as I started trying to do the car, I was like, fuck, like, all right, I'll call an Uber. So I got the Uber, and I went, took the Uber back. Um. And then it was football Sunday, Sunday football, where like a big half of your day is just watching football. Mm -hmm. So uh, Robert was watching football and we were home chilling. And after the football game, Robert's like, I'm going to go pick up the car or whatever. I'm going to go over there and whatever. So I went over there to call a tow truck to have the tow truck come bring the, the car oh. to us. And ain't all of that. It started pouring, raining, pouring, and we flooded for a third 
time. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember when you texted me. And I hate to text it because I'm no, like, I don't want to got... trauma dump and like, oh, I got to tell these hey, fucking girl. people. And I feel like such a fucking clown because I'm like, well, what is this? It's out of your control. I know. Well, I, yeah. There's I, no reason to feel like a clown. It's so crazy. And sometimes you got to let it out. Yeah, and in the midst of it, you're just like, oh. How is this happening again? Yes. So. You're like, you just had your roof fixed. You thought the problem was fixed. Right. And we, and, and and think about this. I, I'm still working on the inside of my house from the first flood. I haven't even replaced any of that stuff. I haven't even replaced most of my rugs. Because of, I'm like, I need to, everything needs to be done. We need to be cool for me to, like, feel relaxed and ready to, like, just chill and yeah. like pull my rugs down. I feel like the rugs and the blankets are like the thing that ties your house together. Bro, can you imagine if I would have gotten a, a huge living room rug and that shit would have been underwater? So I'm glad I haven't gotten that stuff. But at the same time, like three, three floods in the span of like eight months. I was telling you earlier, like you 2023 move. feels like five years. I don't know if there's like, anybody else out three there. Three times in, in. Yes. And then now trying to figure something out to make it because water's coming into one part of the house and it doesn't even need to flood for that to happen. So we need to figure that out before we throw a new floor. Oh my God. It's just like such a, a lot. It's a lot. And, and, and right now there's a lot of things moving parts we're trying to fix things and we're trying, I'm trying to put the little one in school because I have a job you that I got, that I got to be ready for my job and all that stuff. You know, I was really psyched because I'm like, oh, I get a new office for my new job. So, but like, you know, that's Yeah, all. you need a proper space to work. Like, that's important. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying hard Uh, and hopefully we'll figure something out. We're trying to even like, I mean, because it's just crazy. You never think of like the architecture of the building and like how the water and like, you know, I was out there talking to your husband about like, he's like, oh, well, was it just because you have the atrium? Like, right. It's like an indoor patio. And I'm like, well, it's, it's a variety of problems because for starters, it has rained in the way that it's rained here this year has been astronomical. It's been really awesome. A lot. I hate the word unprecedented because the shit sounds so annoying to me. It's one of those like <laughs> icky words to me. Why? But I don't know. It sounds very like conceited and like pretentious. whatever pretentious. <laughs> but it's been like unprecedented. when it unprecedented. It's like I feel like I'm artisan. That word is stupid as fuck. I hate artisan. And oh every time God, I, see, I will spit my water. <laughs> that's what another. I have a list. Yeah, I have a list of words that get under my skin. An artisan is one of them, <laughs> and unprecedented is another. Oh but anyways, God. yes. The when like when it decides to rain, it's like the sky opens up, and then all this water comes out. So it's like hard to to. It's a problem with the way the water evacuates and the way the amount of water coming in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like a combination of things. I've never, ever had to think of like rain in a way where it's like, oh, you got to get ahead of the rain. You got to think like before the rain gets there, how to avoid that problem. And it's just like, and all the walls of the atrium are all internal walls. There's nothing facing to the outside where you can like put in a hole to help drain the water out. Cause like the the left side is your room, the right side is the girls' right. room, the front is your uh, it's kitchen, like, and the back is probably your neighbor. 
the back wall? Is it your neighbor or is it outside? Outside, right? So it's like uh, like this, the front of your house, the back of your house. And it's one building that goes straight down like that, like a domino. And then it's just divided. No, but I'm just talking about the atrium, right? Oh, the, the atrium, walls right. of the atrium. The walls of the atrium. The front what wall is a neighbor. Is sliding, yeah. That's so it is, is a neighbor. So yeah. there's no external on the outside of any of those walls. So you can't put like a drain to drain out so the water. So that is what we're working on. We're talking to the guys who are helping us with the inside of the house. We had to re-plan. After this third flood, we oh had to re-organize uh, like, uh, the order of how we got to do the work in the house. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now the idea is to do kind of what you're saying, where it's like dig a tr dig in the center, the earth. Because right now we have like sand and we put pavers down. Yeah. But we also feel that that's kind of stopping the water from absorbing into the earth fast enough. Yeah. This is so, I hope people, if you could fast forward through <laughs> this, if you don't want it. We'll cut it. To, to break it into pieces. This is patrons only. Yeah, it. right. But like we're trying to put, what they want to do is they want to do like this thing called a French drain a french drain where okay. they open it up they put they put rock they put like a sheet they put rock and then they put drains so that the water kind of has through. a reservoir to go through so it has more space to sit in and then get absorbed directly into the earth yeah right uh-huh Makes so, sense. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. My brain has kind of trouble wrapping my my it's a little hard for me because I'm like, well, it's like you're just putting more stuff there. I don't know. I start complicating it. I mean, engineers know. Right. I like, mean, oh, well. like whoever, like who's who's the person? Yeah. These guys are like just construction dudes. That's why it's like I'm trying to figure it out my mentally, too, so that I can like see what they're seeing and like just know, OK, this sounds this sounds like it'll work. I'm not going to pay an extra <laughs> whatever to get put a French drain in. And I right. Exactly. Because that's always another problem, too, as a homeowner. Like you want to do something to help resolve the problem. But sometimes, too, like this is a thing where like. As where a, you try to resolve something and it causes another problem or or you try to figure out what the problem like you don't want to pay too much for some bullshit you can handle yourself right and that's the yeah. thing i was telling i was telling my neighbor i was like oh we're gonna get on the roof today i told you guys so was like, oh we're gonna get a roof today and we're gonna try to like see if we can if the drain's working which we it kind of it worked but i don't know you know if I, I would like to put a camera in there, like what? Like, and what is that going to do? Is that really going to alleviate the rest of all the water ponding and then like falling into the atrium? I don't know, but I really hope your house does not flood again. And, and then on the next episode, out. we'll find out. We'll find out Did whether the French fucking drain. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, my God. Some I'm people so are sorry. putting something over it. I feel like that's another undertaking. What are your neighbors too. doing for their? I mean, one of them seems to be putting plexiglass over that opening. Oh, to stop any water even going into the atrium. Yeah, but then I, you think about like, how is that being done? You where's that water going to go? You can't just a slap a, a fucking coaster over the top of it's it a, and like, be like a skylight oh, wow. of the atrium, like a skylight on the atrium. Yeah, you got to do it right. I don't know what. Obviously, the they would have to do it right, but. But that water would then just spill over the atrium and go outside. Who knows, bro? Which is 
nature does what nature wants. <laughs> if anybody listening to this actually has some knowledge on yeah. on water drainage oh my god i'm not sure how many moms like yo i gotta tell you this i was on the computer researching like what can we do how can i solve the drain issue go on the top we have another type of drain but the thing is is, is the the slope on the side of our roof doesn't allow for the water to get that high to drain that way uh -huh. before it starts cascading into our atrium. Mm. So it is <sighs> just a fucking shit show. Fun, fun, fun. We're figuring it out though. So stay tuned for the <laughs> I should start still here. Like, home <laughs> renovation, home renovation show. People at this is content <clears throat> people like to see on, on TikTok because you know yeah. they might be going through the same thing. Yeah. And then Robert was like, the yeah, world's flooding. Videotape, videotape footage of this flood. And I'm like, Robert, I have two videos from the prior floods and they're the same video. People are going to be like, oh, at this point. Did those videos or anything help when you were trying to get your claims and shit done? No, they, oh, they don't even, even want to see that. They don't care. They're like, just list it. We send somebody. Yeah. Whatever. Well, we're all hoping you get Thanks. this result hey, soon. Have me in your prayers, guys. Yes. Give some positive. <laughs> However you pray. However you pray. I got the sage by the door. And whoever's giving the mandeojo this stuff. Causing all Mira, this vete pa la mierda. Déjame tranquila. Please. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, special thanks to our patrons and everyone that's actually still here listening. To hey, us. you guys. We love we you. We appreciate you. Um, if you're not a patron, check it out. Uh, we have a bunch of additional perks there. We have our Discord channel. You get extra content. So Sash, we oh, we sash pretty regularly. regularly. Once in a while. We watch pretty right regularly. now. We're like two days a week watching some shows. Yeah. Like now we're our finales are coming. Like what's next? What are we gonna watch next, guys? What else is coming? Yes, <laughs> I know. I hear you. I, I think we're talking about watching Found next together, which is which a, is great. I love it. I'm. I got a lot going on yeah, right now. Little Maybe in a few like years, I'll catch up to all you guys. <laughs> but I am trying to but survive. But you pop in when you can. <laughs> I'm trying to just swim She's right She's swimming now. in her house. I'm like, every time I see you guys getting just together for shows, swimming. I'm like, oh, just keep swimming. I love you guys. But, uh, you know, uh, throw the lifesavers at me. I'm <laughs> drowning over here. Hey, if you can become a patron, that's cool. You can also rate this episode or any episode review on Apple Podcasts. That would be, we would love that. That would be Chef's Kiss. Share our podcast. We love when you do that. And um, look, if you do any of that and you want some stickers and stuff, hit, hit us, us up. up. And now we're going to segue to a segment that we left out last week and we miss very much. But it's back this week. Let's go. News, news nugs, nugs, where we, we get, get high and read weed news to you. Well, I saw this article pop up and I was like, mm, this is interesting. We all like I've always I, but I, I thought it was like whole flower, but it's not. It's like live rosin, like full spectrum live rosin compared to like pure THC. So when I thought the entourage effect, I thought automatically like flower, flower. Yeah, because everything is there, though. Yeah. And, and so it is also in like live rosin and like um, full spectrum products. Um, but I just I, I don't know. I went to flower first, yeah. but after reading it, I realized, OK, it's not flower, but 
emotional spectrum. So basically, a new study by researchers associated with Zentrella and Pax found out that the entourage effect of multiple psychoactive effects can then wait then what you kind of skipped one there. Oh, I skipped a line of multiple cannabinoids and terpenes. I'll start that over. Yeah, 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 do it. A new study by researchers associated with Zentrella and Pax found that the entourage effect of multiple cannabinoids and terpenes caused twice the psychoactive effects than products holding only not a high in Delta 9 THC. The study used EEG technology to measure psychoactive effects. The research team from Zentrella theorized that the combined synergy of many cannabinoids and terpenes are the real indicator of potency uh, versus THC alone. And EEG technology is the key to proving it. And I feel like we've heard this a lot. Yeah, with we've talked all about the people this we've interviewed. Right. Scientists, doctors. And they can confirm that the terpenes are kind of where it's at. Yeah. And it's like the whole entourage effect of all the things together that are really the most beneficial. So apparently it's also the the most psychoactive, mm -hmm. according to this research. Entourage effects versus only THC effects. So the researchers use EEG data, which I'd like to see like what that how they what the methodology for the EEG. EEGs are like when they measure your brain waves, right? I thought EKG. Our producer, Jesse, <laughs> will <laughs> confirm for us the, da the data. So researchers use, go ahead. The EEG data to quantify the psychoactive effects of cannabis, including onset time and maximum strength. Maximum Derek. <laughs> they consumed Pax's live rosin with natural diamonds and high purity THC cannabis products. Okay. Researchers observed 28 participants who vaped full spectrum or pure THC concentrates with a PAX era pro oh, device. So they got to throw that in there. I believe that this is very. Well, the, the researchers is legit, like independent researchers, but they like this was, was it funded by PAX? Oh, look. So we got the uh, uh, Uncle Jesse throwing up the facts. There okay. For both us. ECG CG. and EKG. Well, but. Was it ECG? No, no he goes EEG. It, yeah, refer to a test of the heart. Oh. While what we're talking about here, EEG is a test of the brain. See, it is, yeah, the brain waves. Nice. Interesting. So after consuming the products produced by the people doing the study, which uh, makes me kind of suspicious, sus, <laughs> as they say, researchers observed 28 participants who vaped. Yeah, 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 we said that. They found that the two of the products had very different effects despite having similar Delta 9 THC potencies. Full spectrum products with more than double the psychoactive experience than distillate products are due to the entourage effect. Consumers looking for psychoactive effects typically shop for cannabis products based on THC. Yeah, they're like, what's the highest yeah, THC? Exactly. We've experienced <laughs> that in the dispensaries. I mean, you still like to know what the THC level is. Right. And I feel like when when I ask how, what are the THC percent, like they, they automatically assume I want the highest one they have available. Well, they can only but go I by what they, what the uh, status quo is. Yeah, sorry, exactly. For the people that will go into the store. Yeah. Consumers looking for psychoactive effects typically shop for cannabis products based on THC, but full spectrum products with a full range of terpenes and cannabinoids have a more profound impact on the onset and ultimate cannabis experience. Yeah, this is really feeling like this like studies is like, yeah, just buy our full spectrum right. products. Try it. <laughs> Take an EEG. See how you feel. Yeah. So measure. Yeah. See, look, measuring brainwave activity. That's right. See that? Yeah, I remembered that from reading it before. Zentrella's non-invasive portable EEG device recorded data from eight brain regions before and after vaping. Uh, Zentrella is a company uh, here. 
here we have this. <laughs> yeah, I like your museum. Okay. You switch up to museum. Uh, so, Jay. yeah, here we have the chart. See, the live rosin is the blue line and then the high purity THC. So, like, distillate. This mostly, it's just THC, like, wow. isolate. And then the live rosin, which is, like, full spectrum, um, you know, like, where it's pressed directly from the plant. <laughs> Usually fresh. They're, they take the plant fresh and freeze dry it immediately. So, it's always fresh when they're creating the rosin. Uh-huh. Um, not freeze dry, but like freeze it. Um, they see in the chart. It's obviously. I wonder higher. freezing freezing the weed has uh, freezing the bud has something Any to do with like. It's well, just to, to keep maintain the um the crystals from like coming off of the bud too, right? Because that's like man, that's degradation when all when you find your bud and it's like doesn't have any much crystals left. Yeah, on yeah. It. And it's mostly just to keep because it instead of like doing the drying out process, you know, because you know rosin is basically weed pressed right with like heat and when you just see it ooze out and they mm -hmm. capture that um with live rosin i believe they just take the, the plants fresh there's no like drying process like where it cures oh, oh brought to you by centrella <laughs> no centrella is the independent oh because like, the eg like, device is no, made by centrella yeah no but i'm talking but they pax is the company here right pax is the product they're testing so it says centrella is a company founded by uh israel gasparin is an independent research organization that utilizes oh. novel non-invasive neural technology to accurately and objectively quantify and classify the effects of cannabis products created for consumers yeah centrella is like give me your products and i'll test them what what i'll make these beautiful graphs yeah hmm. i don't know hmm. what this research is really telling us but i found that article on both high times that one's particular is the one we just summarized it's high times but i also saw it on marijuana moment yep and i saw people talking about it online yep I don't know, man. You know, I get skeptical when I see like it feels like, oh, buy our full spectrum. Right. Um, are we tested rosin. higher? And in, in the, in the, you know, okay, yeah, all right. I feel like mm -hmm. we all knew that the the like the entourage effect is where it's. Yeah, at. we've talked about that in the past. But to me, that's just smoking the flower. Yeah, Live rosin is great too. Rosin's great. If actually, out of all the concentrates, rosin is my favorite. Yeah, rosin's nice. But I don't smoke it enough to be like, hey, man, no, you know I, I, mean? I don't at all. Yeah, I did at the beginning when we were first getting into this podcast. I was like, I let's see what we can. And then we're and like, it's just, it smells and tastes. Oh, it, it so does really. It really. Uh-huh. Well, especially when you got a fresh. Oh, so good for your fresh new rosin. You, very good. I also feel like that is really expensive and it's not it so is expensive. like, you know, it is expensive. a treat. Mm -hmm. a, treat. a treat. Remember when we when Jen, when we interviewed Jen? Jenny. Um, oh, yes. And she came over and she brought her little the little we were smoking rosin the whole night. She literally was pa having that shit packed and passed the whole nice. interview. Miss her. Miss her. Um, here's a new segment that we're trying. We brought it the last episode. We're calling it smoking socials. We came up with the name after the last episode with uh, uh, Uncle Jesse. And so basically, this is going to be our segment where we find those interesting topics online. Those, what was it? We turn our uh, internet addiction <laughs> into content for you. <laughs> those smoking posts. We those. find those smoking posts and we share uh, them with you guys. And we give our opinions on what. Yeah, we talk about them. This was a really good one. Um, 
Is that me? Yeah, you're great. I asked Go my husband it. if he ever gets dad guilt. Mm. We all know we all suffer from mom guilt. We all always, even when we go out, we talk ab about how guilty we feel for <laughs> having fun. <laughs> <laughs> and this goes, uh, I asked my husband if he ever gets dad guilt. And he said, no, never. I don't even know what that would feel like. Are you kidding me? I get the worst mom guilt pretty much every day. My newborn isn't gaining weight fast enough. I don't validate my toddler's big feelings often enough. I haven't bonded with my newborn because I want to stay attentive to my toddler. I haven't spent enough time with my toddler because I'm too busy feeding the dining newborn who can't gain weight. I have to go back into work in January. Ugh, I feel you, girl. Oh, my God, yeah. Which means I won't spend as much time with either kid as I'd like. I yelled at my son too much when he was little. I let my newborn cry for too long I, when I, while I finished pumping. I let my newborn cry for too long in the morning when I was getting out of bed. She sounds like she can take a hit of our bong, right? Yeah, I think she needs some yeah, cannabis. Yeah, we should tell her, hey, come hang out but with I us. Can I can relate but I, yeah, to all absolutely. these thoughts. Yeah. I don't do enough active stuff with my toddler because of the fact that I'm always baby wearing the newborn. The list goes on. And I asked my husband if he could relate to any of this since we do about the same amount of child care. Okay, and he's, so he's involved. Yeah, so it sounds like he's involved. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, no, LOL. I guess it helps that every boomer we know who sees us both parenting goes on and on about what an amazing daddy is because he spends time with his kids. But never says a word to me about feeding a newborn 12 times a day while doing arts and crafts with a toddler and baby wearing constantly while recovering from a C-section. Oh, my God. Here, here. That's the <laughs> that's just the bare minimum, I guess. Edit, just to be clear, I do think my husband is a good dad. I just find the double standard really absurd. And it's interesting. We This comes up regularly. Mm -hmm, I see stuff mm -hmm. on. I follow this lady on TikTok that was the lady who introduced to me the term... Wait a minute. What's the term? Mom guilt? No, not mom guilt, but um, in weaponized incompetence. Oh, okay. Yes. And she a lot of times talks about the relationship between the dad and how he's glorified for just changing a diaper when the mom is like in it like 90 percent mm -hmm, more than mm -hmm. the dad is. Like they're glorifying a dad for just being a parent. Right. Like just doing what we both do right yeah yeah like, like 10 but, times but, more but they're coming from a background where it's like the previously boomers. men right. weren't as involved right that was the woman's job or they had to work more because right. they're providing and a lot of those roles have obviously changed and yeah and even just the but community the, the around your family is definitely still there oh absolutely where it's yeah. like oh yeah you're just a mom you're doing what you're supposed to you're not a mom that's killing it and doing you're a great mom Right. But like if a dad does just as much, it's like, oh, my God, that dad is super dad. Like, right. It's like so involved. there's a you're meme. so lucky, girl, that you got. Right. Him. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, uh, every dad I should want to be this All involved. The, yeah. Right. <laughs> but like it's there's a really great meme out there of Macho Man, Randy Savage, where like he's with his girl, whoever his girl was at the time, beautiful uh -huh. model, whatever. And they're like parading him on like a, on like a thing on like an altar. And then like he gets up and he's like, yeah. And it's like every time a dad does something, we do 50 times a day. And we're like, yeah. So the comments were a mix of things. I noticed like there's some people that immediately identified with this because, you know, I thought about it. I was like, 
does my husband have dad guilt? Uh -huh. I think my husband has dad yeah, guilt. Yeah, and I immediately said thought the same. I was like, yeah. I really think my husband Definitely. has dad guilt. I've heard him say stuff to I've, me before. Exactly. And I've, I've been heard like, him well, express okay. it. Right. So I went over and I asked him, you know, at, at first he was like, what do you mean? And I explained like kind of like mom guilt that I've had. Right. And he's like, oh, 100% all the time. Like every time. Like, am yeah. I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, raising my kid right? Like all these things. So I was like, yeah. Um, I guess it, just, it depends I, on the father. Right. And I feel like it really, it's different. It manifests differently for men than it does for it women. It might be different guilts. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, exactly. So here are some of the ladies that identified immediately. So she's like, I know my husband will say the same without even asking. So mm -hmm. she's already assuming based, like her, her, but, yeah, her husband her definitely husband. has no, no yeah. dad guilt. You're going to be like, what? what's that? Mine would probably assume I'm criticizing him. Maybe I am. Oh, wow. This oh. lady. <laughs> Turning it right back around on herself. So absolutely mine too. Actually, I don't think my husband has ever felt guilty about anything, but that's probably for a different sub. Dun, dun, dun. Oh man. I like this one. And, and, and I thought it was interesting. She says, sometimes I do think that they say what they just say that they don't feel stuff, even though they do. Yeah. It's not tremendously helpful, obviously, but the societal pressure on men is to be stoic and unflappable. He might be ironically having dad guilt about about admitting to his own fallibility, hence not being able to say that he has dad guilt. Yeah. Well, I didn't understand this last line that she wrote. Do you? Whenever my husband goes, don't even know what you're talking about. My me thinks the gentleman doth protest too much. Radar starts starts going off. Methinks the gentleman doth protest too much. Radar starts going off. What does that line mean? Like, uh, like, right. Like he puts up a front about like, he doesn't know what you're talking about because either a, he doesn't know how to verbalize it or B, you know, he has this society has told him that. You can't feel that yeah. way. Honestly too. Uh, when it comes to men and women, I feel like, um, Ladies are more, we talk more, we, we, we kind of like, we, what's it like? We talk about things amongst ourselves to work things out. It's commonly used to imply that someone who denies something very strongly is hiding the truth. Right. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, like they don't really want to trauma dump or whatever. They want to keep it inside and not really whatever. Everybody has a level of, um, comfortability with talking about stuff and guys usually by regular society they're often told like no that's a girl thing you don't talk about your feelings you don't like that's not they what they say at bars they have so many tvs everywhere because it helps guys not have to talk to each other yeah you know <laughs> so i mean you know things are changing a little bit i think where our generation is starting to say hey no that's fucking stupid guys are allowed to have feelings exactly. and express their feelings because then when they hold them in it could turn into something very unhealthy mm -hmm. so that's what i think that's you know and then there were uh, comments from other ladies that said yeah for sure my um oh i think i'm on the wrong one this was yeah here we go so uh this comment's funny go to uh reddit dad it okay we're, we're, in, we're in the moment uh -huh. um no this is the same conversation there's more comments uh, -huh. uh it's fucking night and day what they talk about versus the mess of a sub of this mess of a sub comparing moment to dad it 
no crying over their wives not helping enough, no concern about the play date logistics. It's the best example, the difference of between the parents. Okay. So I tried to, I popped into that it and I looked around and I saw some, you know, I didn't see obvious things of dad. It wasn't broken down the same way that a lady would break it down. Yeah, they have, but they had other kind of perspective, right? But um, and this that's what the next commenter says. They're like, I've seen plenty of doubt guilt posts on there, but it's not the same kind of guilt as mom's experience. Like mm-hmm. you said, it doesn't tend to be about the lack of support or huge mental load. It's more about feeling guilty over not being present enough or unable to help their partner feel better or whatever. Which makes sense. Yeah. Because a lot of times like they're working all day mm-hmm. while you're like the moms are with the kids all day. And then they're exhausted for coming home from work and they feel bad that they miss time with their kid. Right. And then and they're they like tired. Yeah. They want to still be a part of. Well, it's understandable. Just, yeah. Somebody else. What do they, somebody <laughs> what do they else talk asked, about? What do they talk about? And then the next verse is anything and everything. But 85% of it is just sharing the joy of fatherhood. <laughs> the other 15% is familiar to this sub. Gripes about spouses, bedroom issues, hating on in-laws, double standards in society, but mental health issues, etc. But the tone of the sub is generally quite supportive to both partners, not just other dads and uplifting. It's legit one of the few bright spots on Reddit for me. Oh, I wonder if that I mean, I wonder what. I wonder if that mom subscribes to both the mommy and the daddy threads. To just, yeah, it sounds like yeah. she's in there often. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. interesting to compare the both. I found this comment funny, funny. So I had to put it in wanting more sex. Mostly I jest, but only partially that's by far, by far the most common complaint post. Uh-huh. His husband's complaining about and, more uh, about wanting more sex. Uh, why did I know that comment. be that as if we weren't exhausted enough? Yeah. You well, know, they just talked about in this thread, like, oh, uh, we're doing uh, a bunch of stuff. The mental load of being a mother, because like, even when you're not with your kids, you're literally thinking about all the things you need to do for them or what, you know, about what you're going to do when you get home to make sure, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, especially uh-huh. as a working mom, I'm like, I'm working all day, but I'm also thinking about okay, when I get home. Well, yeah, because you're a human being who has things they got to fucking do. I should have fucking posted this on this, on this topic. Now that we're talking about it, I made a comment on a post. I started following a couple of Instagram accounts about, Primarily this one Instagram account that's talking about the child care crisis. Oh, my God. Uh, Because, yeah, child care is expensive. When people talk about, like, that percentage of moms that uh, had to to leave the workforce to take care of the kids, you know, a lot of times people are like, that's a privilege. That's a privilege. Sometimes it's not a privilege. And it's Mm -hmm. a necessity because me working somewhere and having to pay for daycare it, it, it didn't make any sense. It wasn't worth and, it. And it was part of this search for jobs, okay, that I had to really contextualize. Like, I had to put that into perspective for everyone and for myself, like saying, hey, some jobs I get offered might not make sense. And I have to decline them because what is what is it I'm going to get paid to um, enough, just enough to pay for childcare? Mm-hmm. That's fucking bonkers. And the for fact what? that that's even something that happens here in america is 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 in, insane to it's me it's just insane how expensive childcare is it is and and it's not getting any better there there was recent you know a controversy about like things that were that uh were going to expire yeah, that was federal like federal funding fe- that helps subsidize like, the 
the cost. Exactly. I made a comment as as many times I do. I make comments on other posts that fucking blow up. <laughs> And I am so proud of this this morning. I woke up to we this. We should just follow you for our smoking posts, our soap smoking socials uh, segment. Right, yeah. I should just talk. What I, did D say this week what, on what post? What comment did she <laughs> drop that made everybody go crazy? So <laughs> this post says this, okay? The post is school days are incompatible with parents' work day 100%. and kids are not getting enough sleep. Oh my God, it's so sad how early some kids have to get up to go to school because the parent has to be at work at a certain time yeah and not only that about how much time this is a conversation that i've been having lately how much time they spend at these places mm -hmm. okay you don't I need don't, to be at school that long you, you don't need, don't need to be long. at school that long and that's why i'm having a hard time finding a daycare a place a preschool for my four-year-old because and then finding care to to cover the buffer of time between two o'clock when my older kid gets out to my out time of 530. Like, what do I do with that time? Because I don't want to keep my kid in school. I don't judge anyone who has to keep their kid in school because some people are forced to do that. I'm trying to figure out a way of like not having to keep them in school that long because mm -hmm. I feel like especially as a preschooler, like I don't want them to have to be in there that long because I just you know what I'm, I just I agree. It's, no it's too long for, for a child to have to be in the care of someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, and so then they post, would be going to aftercare after school. <laughs> right. I'm spending the eight hours, which yeah. is insane to me how a school. Right. So this post is trying to say, like, a school day and a work day don't doesn't match. make sense. They don't, they don't like, match. Like, what are we going to do? But that goes back to the 40 hour work week and how we shouldn't even be. Working OK, well, days. there's a couple of different perspectives on this post. A lot of people are shunning. Um. There, there, a lot of people have the perspective of like, oh, we should we should have programs for children after school that help them develop in different ways. And then and then I and other people are coming from the argument of like, we need to cut back on the work day to match the life of our children. Yes. So the comment that I made was this. I agree with that side. The workday needs to change to accommodate working families. I find it a joke that America tries to pride itself on family first ideals yet completely abandons families. It's unsustainable. Okay, 156 likes. But this is the kicker. You remember Super Nanny? Do you remember the show Super Nanny? Oh my god, yeah, I remember that show. Well, Super I never Nanny, watched it, but I know what it existed. Oh, I watched it. I mean, not like seriously, but I am very aware of it. I have watched quite a couple episodes and Joe Frost, super nanny, endorsed my comment and put very true. And this morning Ooh. I was like, oh, my God, it's super nanny. <laughs> but I was like, even super nanny endorses my my uh, my comments. I think most people do. And I agree. I, I think everyone can agree with that statement wholeheartedly. Like, there's no reason we even need to work a full eight hours in the day. Yeah, we should be able to start a little later so kids don't have to get to school so early. So early. Yeah. And then we get out earlier so that we can pick up our own kids from school and spend the rest of the day with them and help them, you know, right. And them, just spend time think... with them, you know, yeah. homework, all that shit. But like, no, there's this 40 hour work week that right. like we have to abide by now, which I yeah, it's like the whose idea was, was exactly. that? And I saw content. Uh, I actually saw a TikTok about that. Like, when did the forty-hour work week 
originate and and it was like they said um it was companies it was corporations it was obviously companies it said that it all started like not the 40 hour work week but when clocks came to be a thing all of a sudden like there was like you got to be at a place at a certain time yeah it wasn't like when you're ready you know right. and that at, before it was like maybe four or six hours people worked in a day and then i think it was like when when the wars happened and they had to have people working more then it was at least a minimum of eight oh, hours to supply the war. Yeah. Mm. I got to find that video. Yeah. We should have a whole top, like a whole episode dedicated <laughs> to that shit. But yeah, fuck the guy. Fuck the 40 hour work week. And now uh, there's four day work. Some places four day work weeks. Right. And that kudos to and those companies. schools that do that too. Four week, four day school weeks. Kudos to the people working together to put that together. But like, yes, and, and and this would alleviate part of any parent parental guilt. It would alleviate us of any, per, I mean, not all parental guilt, obviously, no, obviously you're so but like this would really help us out and, and, and at least try to foster a community that encourages spending time with your children and spending time at home and not having to constantly be out grinding. That's another fucking uh, cringe word for me is like hustle uh no my job should pay me enough for me not to have to hustle i should have hustle. hobbies you i should have stuff that hustle. i do for fun not fucking side hustles like please i just you know get out of that mind mind well congratulations on super nanny uh like, <laughs> <laughs> oh so congratulations pot smoking mom oh you did it under pot smoking, I was mom. Under pot smoking moms Fuck yeah hell yeah <laughs> i mean i tried to followed us no <laughs> It wasn't that, you know, <laughs> she didn't follow us, but <laughs> she agrees with us. Yay. <laughs> well, whatever. Who? Oh, there was other people who, who were making the fucking a comment of like, oh, I'm from Canada and we should we got programs, you know, that the kid can like, I guess it's kind of like an elective, like where you can like do programs after school programs that kind of feed whatever, like, you know, an extension. It's not just people watching your kids fucking half run around I was a latchkey kid i mean i did after care for a little while like depended sometimes i had to walk home and just be home alone or sometimes i got to do but uh, for like elementary yeah wow yeah i was i, mean, I was home below at elementary school yeah yeah wow it was the 90s guys i know a lot of people like a lot of the uh, elder millennials and even what is the generation the small window of generation before us is my sister's generation they're like 50. They're not boomers, but they're like uh, Generation X. Yeah. A lot of those people, too, were like latchkey kids. Mm -hmm. uh, I My mom was at home all the time. So, But for our interview, we have a young... We got a really great interview. Yeah. Should have told you that a million times. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We have a French award-winning cannabis-infused chocolatier and pastry chef, Andrea. I don't know if she says Andrea or... Andrea, she's French. I would think Andrea. Andrea, Andrea. right? P. Gask. Um, we spoke to her. You know, I, I saw her at Pretty, Pretty High, High Club. Club. Mm -hmm. Yeah, her chocolates are so beautiful and delicious looking. She has very um, great ingredients. Or, oh, oh yes. and she yeah, she does those like They're geometrical, beautiful. like geomat geometrical geomat. Ge oh. Chilling on gum at Jim Atch call. You just need to like mm, you spin your hair on Do your you finger. Shaped chocolates. 
but air air airbrush yeah i mean these things look like works of art we're gonna get some of them chocolates in our mouths yeah and we're gonna actually have some in our advent calendar later this year for our cannabis advent calendars yeah we're looking forward to that um i hope you enjoy the interview here it is so glad we were finally able to connect. I know that we tried a couple times. You've been, you've been busy. Uh, you were out in France. You went to France? Yes, I went for a month. I went to visit my family out there. I have the grandparents, the cousins, the aunts. Everybody is over there. So it was nice to take a break and, and get to reconnect with them, you know. So you're French. You're from France. Uh, so family is French-Moroccan. I was born in Miami, but I moved around a lot when I was young. Uh, but I've been back in Miami since middle school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell us all about how you became a uh, chocolatier and uh, B&B pastries. Like, what made you decide to get into uh, making edibles? Um, so I was actually, it was my last year of high school. I was graduating high school early and I was doing online courses uh, the first few months of the senior year. Uh, And I had a lot of of free time, you know, I only had classes at the end of the day. So I had a family friend of mine who was a pastry chef that lived right next to my family's place who offered for me to be his assistant. Uh, So I started going early in the morning. I mean, they start usually around three in the morning and he let me do everything that I wanted to. He taught me essentially all of the basics that I have now, you know, and I, I really, truly just found a love for it. Um, I got to work with him for a good couple months. Uh, uh, finally, they caught on that I did not have like an internship or anything like that. So I had to stop working with him. But from there, I mean, I started working with other chefs. I started working in crêperies, like little crepe shops and stuff like that. And, uh, and then I just started making pastries at home and selling them to friends. And one of my friends was in the cannabis business and he absolutely loved it. And he asked me to make an edible for him. And so it, it worked out. I mean, he loved it. He started referring me to other friends of his. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I started at first, I was doing wholesaling to different people making pastries and stuff like that, um, which it was it was very good, the pastries, but I realized that the shelf life was just too short on them and I couldn't really make a good profit off of pastries. Uh, uh, so they started asking me to make chocolates. Uh, and so now it's been uh, like three, four years that I've been making chocolates. Uh, um, at the beginning, it was definitely not what it is now. Uh, I mean, they were quite basic, just basic chocolates that lasted maybe a month or two. And uh, now I've gotten it to the point where they last over nine months and they have the the beautiful decorations on them and everything. I can airbrush them. I can paint them. I can add my nice touches, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Your chocolate's They're actually beautiful. very beautiful. It looks like, it looks yeah. like art. <laughs> it really does. Every time how would you what would you say makes yours stand out like what how what's the the way that you infuse them so i infuse them with hash rosin which is the highest quality concentrate on the market i used to infuse them with delta 8 but that was i mean 
essentially most edible makers uh, in the business now use Delta 8 and it's just full of chemicals. A lot of the time it's cut with different uh, other additives, you know, it's not as, as powerful and as clean as uh, hash frozen. Um, but I've, I've had nothing but good responses off of my hash rosin. I, I have the luck of getting tests off of my rosins as well. So I can calculate exactly how many milligrams I get per gram and, and I can guarantee my clients, uh, exact dosage every time, you know, a consistent results. So when you're creating your edibles, what are your what are your goals? Like, what's your creative process? Because I really like the the cookies and cream one. How you made it look like little cow print. I think that's adorable. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah. So that was the original design of the cookies and cream. It was the cow print cookies and cream. Uh, after a while, I realized that it was taking me a long time. I was literally painting on each and every single cow prints and and it was quite a timely process um i did update the design so now it's like a ombre effect of uh, black to white with some gold splatter on it uh, um but i i mean i mainly i airbrush i feel like that's the easiest way for me to get a nice clean uh, canvas and then from there I can add my touches of like finger painting or splatters or every now and then I'll do like little hearts and stuff like this because I just came out with one that's uh it's the Barbie bar so it has a little gold heart on a, a pink and white chocolate bar you know uh, a little fun style to it you know yeah I love that the Barbie bar <laughs> yeah do you do like if somebody still wanted to get like do you do custom as well like any custom orders or only it depends uh, if you order a minimum of 50 chocolate bars then yes i can definitely do custom orders but i do make them in big batches uh so i i can't really do like just one or two uh, I do custom orders when it comes to cakes and pastries and stuff like that. So every now and then I do catering events, like cannabis catering events, or I actually got someone who wants me to do a cake for them for a cannabis wedding, which is actually pretty exciting. Awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited about that. But, but yeah, custom orders I don't do very often. The plan is to create a wholesale line of these chocolates, of these luxury chocolates that I can at one point resell to dispensaries and to things like this. Sadly, it's not recreationally legal in Florida just yet. Um, yes. but once, once it does, I'll be there to take that spot. <laughs> and what kind of chocolate do you use in the chocolate that you make? It's a Belgium chocolate. It's the finest chocolate you can find on the market. That's definitely one reason why I think they taste very good compared to chocolates on the market at the moment is it's only the best quality ingredients is what I use when it comes to the infusion, when it comes to the painting process, the ganaches, the chocolate, everything has to be top of the top. You know, I want my clients to have nothing but the best experience. Awesome. Have you ever uh, considered getting to other type of chocolate edibles, not just cannabis? Now that we uh, see a lot more legislation um, opening up the psychedelic market, um, and hopefully Florida will be getting that sometime soon as well. Have you ever considered uh, expanding into that realm? So actually, I'm very happy you asked. Um, I'm working with a partner right now. We just received molds for a mushroom chocolate bar. 
uh, we're in the process of creating packagings and everything like that. Um, it's going to be very cute, uh, a nice, elegant chocolate. Uh, same kind of feel that it's going to be high end, you know, good quality ingredients and infusion. Uh, but give it the mushroom side, you know, yes. I, I do see a, a big market with this. So I want to dive into it. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a huge market in that market in that, especially as people discover like microdosing and you can like make the mm -hmm. chocolate bars that have like small doses per square. People love that. <laughs> yeah. Agreed, agreed. So and tell by people we mean us and our <laughs> listeners right now. <laughs> I know I'd buy some. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I the partner that I'm working with actually sells uh, mushroom chocolates himself. Uh, and the whole reason why we wanted to make our own line is we saw, one, the inconsistency. We had clients coming back sometimes telling us that they were not feeling the same effects the first time as they did the second time trying it, for example. And that just the taste of mushroom chocolates, they, they can't seem to figure out a way to make it taste good and then give you the effects at the same time, you know. So that's where we're coming in and we're coming out with this chocolate bar that will taste amazing and then will also give you the effects, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Taste is a big factor for me, especially like the texture and stuff, because I'm big on textures and stuff. So like if I can like if it's too like too much shroomy in there and it doesn't feel like creamy chocolate, I, I get kind of like grossed out a little bit and I can't finish the piece of chocolate. Yeah, well, we're actually, we're going to be doing test trials tomorrow. Actually, we're starting off on test trials to see how many grams of mushrooms we can fit into each singular chocolate without it tasting too strongly like the mushroom and, and having too much of that consistency of the mushroom, you know. Um, but yeah, hopefully it works well and hopefully we figure out a way to make it taste good, you know. That sounds like fun trials <laughs> to me too. Like, who has to try those? <laughs> and do you remember to log it down, you know? Make sure they're logging down. Well, we, I do data. have a couple of people that I get to to come with me and, and test out the chocolates as well. We're trying it with a couple different strains as well to see if the, the strain of mushroom affects the taste uh, mm -hmm. of the chocolate in the end as well. Um, but yeah, we're definitely going to go through a good trial process to make sure that it's the best of the best. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That's my fun. kind of food science. <laughs> if you ever need I a guinea pig kind of for your trials. <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about comp competing in the Florida Cannabis Cup. We heard that you were this year's, this past year's winner. Congratulations on that. You have congratulations look at that <laughs> awesome. very, very nice um yeah well I, I competed for the first time uh this past april uh i found out from a cannabis event i saw them with their vending booth and i was very curious about what they were doing um and i was like okay well you know what why not let me try it out uh, I ended up making, uh, it was called the Rainbow Bar. It was quite a complex chocolate bar, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, um, so like my chocolates usually have seven pieces, seven full triangles within the chocolate. Each full triangle, I put a different color 
and each color was filled with a different flavor ganache. So each and every tablet that you had was a different flavor experience and everything. Yeah. Wow. That does sound very complex. So you had to like, when you created the bar, like each, you had to fill it with each different feeling. Wow. And then and the did the, the like color match the the flavor that you, yeah. Yeah, that you yeah. put in there? Most of them. So like essentially like um, the red, for example, was cherry. Then orange was orange. Yellow was lemon. Green was lime pistachio. Blue, I believe, was rum coconut. Then uh, we had a dark blue was a coffee flavor, and then purple was lavender. So it wow. it essentially matched uh, the flavor to the color. Yeah, that's so creative. It's wow, so and all of those flavors sound so yeah. great: lavender and coffee. <laughs> delicious. And is that bar available? Like, because that sounds like it's difficult to make. It, it was quite difficult. It was a couple of weeks of trial processes as well, because I wanted to make sure that each flavor flowed into the next flavor. It was not too drastic of a change. Um, it was quite difficult. I do think I've had a good amount of people requesting to try it again. Uh, so I think I may be coming out with uh, a an limited update. release. Yeah, exactly. That's limited smart. Release. Like a seasonal limited release. You do it every once in a while during a certain time of year. Maybe since it's <laughs> rainbow during June, during Pride or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <clears throat> oh my goodness. Sorry, I'm relating this. That reminded me of um that I watched this like uh, reality TV show competition of like barbecue people who do like all kinds of different barbecue meats. Mm -hmm. And they had to do one where each meat, they had to skewer a whole meat, like a whole, like a, like gaucho, how they do with the sword with the meats. And then each meat part had to be a different temperature. Oh, yeah. So I can only like, that's what I compared that <laughs> yeah. to of like really nailing each part of that and making it, you know, all consistent yeah, too yeah. is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's quite a process. It's definitely a, a chemistry is what I believe, mostly with uh, pastries and, and chocolates and stuff like this. It has to be to the point. That's why you have to do so many test trials before even coming out with a new product to make sure that it, it will be consistent in the future and that it will taste the way that you want it to taste, you know? So yeah, it did take a while to, to get it to the point that it was, I had a couple batches that just did not work. And, uh, and yeah, but I love it. I mean, the science behind it, the, the calculations, the dosages, everything, it, it makes me happy. <laughs> That's awesome to find something. Even, let me ask you this chocolate working with chocolate is very difficult too because of the temperatures you have to deal with it yeah. what would you say is the hardest part like what have you had to fine tune in terms of making your chocolates like what 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 part of it is the hardest that you've had to really fine tune so there's a lot of parts of it if i'm gonna be i bet i bet <laughs> um but so First off, when it comes to chocolate and the coloring that I have on outside of it, you have to temper everything. So that means you have to melt everything down 
then you bring it up in temperature to a specific point and then you have to bring it back down to a specific temperature that goes with my airbrushing it has to be each color has to be a different temperature so that i'm able to airbrush or hand paint it and same thing with my chocolates my whites my milk and my dark all three of them have different temperatures that i can work with it um, that is definitely quite a complex process. I currently, I don't have machines to do this. So I'm doing everything by hand. And usually when I'm tempering chocolate, it takes a good 30 minutes to an hour of just mixing, 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 you know, reintroducing crystals and, and bringing the temperature back up. And, and it's, it's quite a long process, you know, definitely. Yeah. 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 And yeah. figuring out the, another big thing is, is, the ganaches because a lot of my chocolates are filled with different ganaches and many ganaches don't have a very long shelf life so i had to figure out a way to make caramelized ganaches so that they can last over nine months and to calculate this and to figure out recipes because each fruit each kind of recipe that or ingredient that you add into the ganache is going to change the consistency is going to change the shelf life you have to add in this and remove this and whatever and it's definitely it's it's quite a complex process <laughs> what kind of uh, what kind of feedback and reviews have you gotten about your chocolate and which would you say are like your most popular ones that people ask for or purchase the most um so like I tend to change the flavors that I come out with quite often. I have my three base chocolate bars that are top chocolate, so they're not ganache filled. Uh, so my cookies and cream, uh, my 3D peanut brittle bar, and then my uh, vegan dark chocolate honeycomb is three top chocolate bars that I will always have on stock. Then, I mean, like, for example, I just came out with not too long ago a, a Nutella Temptation bar that has just been selling constantly. People absolutely love them. Uh, I have another one as well. That's um, it's a coffee espresso bar. So it's like a milk, dark chocolate, coffee, caramel ganache with a white chocolate coating. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I get good reviews from people essentially every single i mean I, I haven't personally i have not gotten a bad review on my chocolates in over two years since i i really started getting into it the first year there were some issues that i had to tweak out of it you know uh but since i take the time to test trial every single recipe uh i i get good results with with every flavor that i come out with you know yeah my God, all those sound amazing. <laughs> Do yeah, you have a favorite, favorite that you that, that's actually your preferred one? Uh, at the moment, the Nutella one is my yeah. favorite. <laughs> I absolutely love it. It has like little roasted hazelnuts inside, a homemade Nutella, and then a nice milk chocolate outside. And it's it's perfection, I have to say. <laughs> and um, where can people find your chocolates? Do you have an uh, online store you also do events i've seen you at some of the cannabis events i've been, I've been to yeah do you have anything so, coming up uh at the moment i'm not sure i i was thinking of going to dab day but i'm not sure if i'm going to be able to make it to this next one coming one in jacksonville yeah it's yeah, it's, it's just far for me yeah exactly yeah. 
I tried doing one up in Orlando a while back and it, it was just such a struggle bringing all of the equipment over there and figuring out a way to bring everything back afterwards and not having everything melt or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's um, so hot here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's quite difficult, definitely. Um, but to find me, I, I sell through my Instagram. I also have Telegram, TikTok I don't really use very often. Uh, but I have, uh, it's called my 360 site. Uh, so it's called mythc360.com. On this, you have all of my information going from contact to Telegram to Instagram to everything possible. Uh, and from there, you can choose whichever way you want to contact me. And and I will send you a menu and, and that's how it works. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think Telegram. That Telegram is the most commonly used right now. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Cool. Well, what um? How did you get into why cannabis? Did you? What was your interaction with cannabis prior to saying, "Hey, I like doing pastries"? Before your friend was like, "Hey, give me, let's try this." Um. Well, my parents were hippies when I was younger. So we (laughs) lived in a van for about three years. We traveled around the U.S. We went to festivals everywhere. We lived in Cali for three years as well. So since I was young, I was introduced to this lifestyle where cannabis was very accepted, you know. And um, I mean, I think I was around 14 years old when I first started consuming, not a great amount, but I was starting to consume myself. Um, And in high school, I I got very into it. I had my Rasta friends and stuff, you know, we, we loved cannabis ourselves consuming it. Uh, And, uh, and yeah, that's how I made the connection of of both of my loves of making pastries and uh, of consuming cannabis, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So that's awesome. So your parents are totally cool with what with what you're doing in fact they probably encourage it enjoy it themselves <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah very very great they might they might be the test <laughs> part, part of the trials the <laughs> sometimes <Yeah>. yes <laughs> that's great you should have your parents on our show dude. Uh, possibly yeah they actually so they they do charters themselves they they just got a sailboat or a catamaran uh about two years ago oh, they awesome. constructed it and they do charters my mom is also a hip tantra she works in hip tantra so very holistic and and uh like couple counseling and and sexual therapy and stuff like this so so they're very open-minded people. Like I've I've always been so grateful to have parents like this that I, I can ask whatever questions I need without feeling like I will ever be judged for it, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So what are your long-term plans for um your pastry business? So I I definitely would love to open up first uh, a wholesale kitchen, a production kitchen where I can start making large quantities of chocolates and reselling them to dispensaries. Um, At the moment, I'm contemplating if I want to stay here in Florida and wait until it's recreational or if I want to try and move over or visit another state to see if there is a market for this kind of edible. 
So uh, I'm kind of in the middle on that, but definitely start off with a wholesale line. I think it would be a good basis for me. And then from there, I, I my dream is to open a completely infused French cafe where I have every single dish possible, customized dosages from salty to sweet to chocolate, uh, even a little dispensary and a smoking area, you know, and and a whole open area where you can have luxury food all infused to your liking. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That sounds amazing. I really hope you stay here in Miami. And that yeah, happens you, here. I'm sold. <laughs> I support it. Because uh, that sounds amazing. Amazing. Yeah. We, and that's, we're going to need a lot more. What? Ex sorry. <laughs> can you get out, please? <laughs> It's the get mom. Out. You're on camera. Sorry. Get yeah. out. <laughs> Take the dogs with you, please. Go. You're not supposed to be in here. Sorry. Hey, Julie, you're not supposed job. to be in here. I was Seriously. Uh, get out. Go. You got to go. Come on. I know. I heard mine screaming in the background, and I'm like, I hope it doesn't come out. I hope please everybody doesn't hear my you. kids screaming at the top of the lungs over back there. <laughs> I, I'm lucky. I have a reptile, and that's it. <laughs> he just snuck in here in the floor. How funny! I saw him sneak underneath, and he was like, <laughs> "So like funny." He, he probably needs help with his homework. He's trying to finish it up. <laughs> yeah, you're avoiding it. Oh my god, I hate, I hate the homework thing. I'm like, yeah. and this is just first grade, and I'm just like, uh, no. <laughs> Find somebody else to do it. <laughs> well, it looks like there's a good chance that the the it will be on the ballot for next uh, election. So it, yeah, a good chance it might be recreational here soon. Um, yeah. I don't know how quick we'll get to the point where they'll allow like consumption lounges, like a, a place where you can consume um, in public, which we need those be because. Beautiful. Like, really, I don't want to be, I mean, I'm not a drinker. I don't want to go to bars. I want to go to a lounge and, and, and or yeah. like, I went to Amsterdam and you have some coffee and, and mm -hmm. cannabis. It's great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I hope this happens soon, but definitely it's, it's a slow process here for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you're living in the right time. It's finally coming to, it's finally coming in this country. It's just taking a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you have anything else you want to share with our audience? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Andrea Andrea P. Gask. She was a French award-winning cannabis-infused chocolatier and pastry chef. It was great um, hearing how she got into it. Mm. Uh, you and can... those trials, those shroom trials uh -huh. for her shroom her chocolates shroom to chocolates. come. That looks... I was like, We're I like, want to be oh, part of those yeah, trials. We're trying to get into those trials. <laughs> Uh, you can catch her at mythc360.com. You should follow her on Instagram and order her chocolates at uh, bow underscore bond underscore pastries. It's on the screen. You should be watching mm -hmm. our YouTubes. Her The, the mythc360.com basically has access to all her socials, her telegram, where you can <laughs> uh, place orders and stuff. So check her out. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate we you. We reached the end of the show. We got to end the show song. <laughs> hey, you know I want one. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> one day when my house is livable, um, we can. <laughs> we can bang one out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, patrons, we see you. We love you. Destiny, Lauren, Christine, Denise, Peaches, Meredith, Natalie, Angelina, Jenny, Catherine, Jay, Jesse, Diane, Gabby, Leslie, and Selena. Thank you, guys. We love you guys. We have so much fun. Yeah, join us. Become a patron. You can get additional content and just really like our Discord uh, smoke sessions and all of the events and stuff that we do on there, all the trips, trips that we, we organize. I heard of a trip you guys are organizing. I kind of spilled the beans already. Um, yeah. We were said we we're going to wait a little bit. To- Which is fine. Because we knew you have so much stuff going oh, on. God, so I we know. didn't want to even like make you think about no, it. No, but it would be nice to have something at the end to of my tunnel. To look forward to. But Yes. <laughs> We're always planning trips because, you know, it feels good. It's it good soothes the soul. Pop Smoke and Mom community, come hang out with us. Yeah, subscribe, rate, review, and share our content. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by TrueLeave. Being a mom is super demanding, especially when you're breaking stereotypes and crushing stigmas. TrueLeave is committed to empowering their customers with valuable education and support, equipping you with the knowledge and resources needed to make informed decisions about cannabis and its potential benefits for your health and wellness. Head over to TrueLeave.com and see what's cultivating.